This is episode 22 of Everyday Wellness, Improve Your Health with Accelerated Resolution Therapy with our guest, Dr. Diego Hernandez. I'm Dr. Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist, here with my co-host, Cynthia Thurlow, nurse practitioner and functional nutritionist. Let's get started. Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday Wellness. We are so excited to share our guest with you today. He is a current clinical director of art and military research and the past clinical director of the military trial of accelerated resolution therapy at the University of South Florida and co-author on peer-reviewed art publications. With over 20 years of mental health experience and a combat trauma expert, Dr. Diego works privately and on retreats with active duty military and veterans with an emphasis on special operations forces and special forces. He currently is a retreat behavioral consultant with the Warrior Mission at Ease, Peace at Home Project, and Brian Bill Foundation. In addition, Dr. Diego Hernandez has spoken and co-published internationally on art and has spent 16 years teaching at university level with experience in designing online curriculum. His private practice is located in Tampa, Florida, where in addition to working with veterans and active duty personnel, he works with athletes and business professionals. His practice is wellness and performance oriented. Dr. Diego works collaboratively with nutritionists, physicians, and other professionals to comprehensively address chronic illness and medical trauma. So with that lovely description of all that you do, Dr. Diego, we're very excited to welcome you to the show. Great. Thank you so much. Dr. Diego and I um, met on an accelerated resolution therapy training, and we actually we met in the gym the night before, before we even knew that we were both going to be at the same training. And so kind of that shared interest in exercise and wellness um, has led to a couple of years of friendship. So really excited to have you here, uh, both as a colleague and professional. I know you have a lot to share. So let's just dive right in. Can you tell us how you became interested in health and wellness and how you ended up where you are today? Um, Well, yeah, as as you're saying, uh, this this interest in wellness has been since being in college. Um, When I was in university, some of the research uh, for Buddhist psychology started to emerge. And as I was trying to manage the stress of, of being... Um, in the university and then gradually through graduate school um, I picked up a couple of degrees on the way to my doctorate and it's just been it's been a way for me to um, be more fully in the moment in my personal life as well as my professional life and um, 
I just noticed this this trend over time within a field of psychology that we're um, sh shifting more towards uh, the body and what's going on in the body, more along the lines of um, how the body works uh, rather than what we can do to it. And I think that's such an important distinction. You know, my, my background is in Western medicine and uh, you know, the, I think the standard kind of approach to so much that goes on, you know, psychologically with us is, oh, we're just going to give a pill. Whereas now when I think about my functional training, I'm thinking more about how can we support what's going on physiologically within the body to better support the patient or the client themselves. Oh, absolutely. It's I, I think it's really interesting when you look at some of the cancer research and, you know, back in the, the 90s when people were looking at, well, how do we enhance the body's ability to fight versus how do we just kill it? Um, you know, it's, you know, people were thought to be, you know, a little crazy looking at how the body works. And then now, you know, all these innovative treatments are emerging simply based on our understanding of how the body works. It's an important distinction for sure. Definitely. And I think it's this focus or this emphasis on correlating the mind and the body come into play when we think about accelerated resolution therapy or art. And I know this is probably a new concept, a new technique for most of our listeners. So Dr. Diego, could you please just describe what art is and how it works? Well, art is uh, evidence-based therapy based on the research uh, that we've done to date. Um, and we do have some ongoing uh, research. But um, art in a nutshell really works with um, how the body stores information. So when you have um, a fight or flight response, and you can have that you know, for smaller events, especially when we're younger, when we get really stressed out and overwhelmed, um, some of those memories are stored differently. And those memories um, serve as a quick point of reference whenever you're in a similar situation. This is how people have uh, triggers and flashbacks. And the, and the mind does this in order to protect itself. The body's designed for survival. And as a survival mechanism, you know, when you are in a life or death situation, you need that quick reference. So you don't have to think it through and gather a bunch of information. Well, you know, in a lot of conditions, and um, I'll, I'll come back around to that later, uh, individuals are really re-experiencing and using that information from a past experience in a current experience, and it's really not helpful. So with ART, we use relaxation um, and eye movements to actually help the body to relax and use the resources of the parasympathetic nervous system. That's the rest, digest, relax response. We use those resources to process all the difficult emotions and memories and sensations that are stored uh, you know, within a sympathetic state. And so those, uh, those memories, what we do is we bring them uh, towards a resolution. As you process them in a relaxed state, the body basically lets go of them and people immediately start to experience a shift to where events start to feel like the past and no longer presently active. Yeah, that's a great description. And I think it's, it's even, even hearing that 
great description. It's still kind of hard to grasp what it is and how it works because it, I remember when I took the training, it, it just seemed kind of like almost magical. Like how can this one or two sessions doing eye movements, how can that really take something that was very traumatic for someone and make it less so? But it does. It really does. Um, and I know we talk about helping people with traumatic experiences, but I'm, I'm wondering if you can talk about what types of diagnoses or issues do people come in with when they seek out your assistance? Um, a variety of, of diagnoses, but often people come in with a, with a problem. Something's bothering them. There's something that they can't get past. There's something that they're having trouble with. And, and often those things are things that you can't um, necessarily diagnose because they're not severe enough for that. You know, when someone has post-traumatic stress, I mean, there's a diagnostic criteria for that, which, um, you know, without getting too off track within the DSM-5, you know, creates like 2,000 combinations of symptoms and stuff that it can have. Um, but... Uh, one point that I would really like to make is along the lines of diagnostically. I, I really don't believe that um, uh, post-traumatic stress, um, that the concept of mental illness serves it well. It's I believe it's more of an acquired condition, more like type 2 diabetes, to where when your body's in that state with type 2 diabetes, it provokes all kinds of other problems. I think it's the same thing because when we're looking at post-traumatic stress, we're looking at um, a, a cluster of symptoms and experiences and consequences simply because of, of a set of experiences or it, sometimes it, even a singular event that has um, kept the body stuck in this loop um, that, um, th so those in that loop is something that's called subcortical, so it's more in the, the primitive part of the brain um, that is really wired and designed for survival and it actually starts to facilitate a type of learning where the brain kind of narrows its focus in um, on those things that are going to be essential for survival. and. You know, a perfect example is when someone goes through a major life transition and you don't have a plan for it, um, the part of your brain that you need for a plan is what's activated with the uh, parasympathetic nervous system. So when you're stressed out and you're really anxious, you don't have the tools that you need to plan ahead in a meaningful way. So um, with the accelerated resolution therapy, um, people, you know, that I work with have all sorts of concerns and art seems to be applicable in a number of different different ways from chronic illness and with chronic illness what we do is we work with um, sometimes the diagnosis sometimes living with the injury um, it's uh, you know designed to help address our relationship with who we are now you know based on what's going on and moving moving away from living um, trying not to be sick to trying to live well what an interesting you know this is really the first time i'm i'm hearing about art but i'm thinking about the applicability to so many people that i've come in contact with you know after being in medicine for 20 years and then even some of the clients that i work with now in a nutritional capacity um you know in, in terms of beyond just using it for ptsd are you referring to things like someone's had a, a cancer diagnosis or someone's had a traumatic you know um a tra traumatic injury uh to the body and by that i mean maybe an amputation or are we it, or can this even be applicable to someone who maybe had a um like the loss of someone that they love or um you know something that happened to them as a child maybe they were abused i mean is this applicable throughout the lifetime 
One of the most common concerns I see in perimenopause and menopause is hair loss, hair breakage, hair shedding. And knowing that over 80 million Americans are impacted by this is both reassuring, but it's wonderful to know that there are products available that can help with these symptoms. Divi is good for those with hair shedding or thinning due to stress in perimenopause or menopause. They can be helpful for addressing dry scalp. And have you wanted to take control of your hair health but aren't sure where to start? This is where Divi can be hugely impactful. I love their scalp serum. And we know that the scalp serum improves the appearance of breakage, nourishes our hair follicles, and removes product and oil buildup. There are some key ingredients, including tea tree oil, which works to reduce and prevent excess oil buildup on the scalp, amino acids that help to strengthen hair, fight frizz, which is my greatest concern, and reduce breakage, and copper tripeptide 1, which is a small protein composed of the three amino acids to facilitate a clean and hydrated scalp, as well as hyaluronic acid, which is nourishing and hydrating to our scalps. As I mentioned, Divi is not just for those experiencing hair loss. I found it to be hugely helpful for scalp health and all of Divi's products, including their shampoos and conditioners, come together to create a full daily solution that helps women nourish their hair and get to the root of scalp health. Do you want to take back control of your hair and scalp health and do it with clean science-backed ingredients? Go to DiviOfficial.com slash Cynthia or enter Cynthia at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's D-I-V-I official.com slash Cynthia for 20% off your first order. As I mentioned, my favorite product is the scalp serum. And now that we're in the deep throes of winter weather, it is so wonderfully nourishing and moisturizing. Mighty Maca is a superfood drink mix full of 30 plus natural ingredients. And it was formulated by Dr. Anna Kabeca during her healing journey. Mighty Maca Plus ingredients, which include nourishing ingredients like organic maca powder, turmeric, quercetin, broccoli, parsley, trans resveratrol, pomegranate extract, and more were carefully selected for immune support to sustain energy, provide mental clarity, and improve recovery. It also tastes delicious. It supports healthy detoxification and alkalinity in the body, balances hormones, fights free radicals, and neutralizes lactic acid, all while increasing your energy and vitality. It helps improve your digestion and reignites your libido. It's a powerful superfood drink mix that needs to be part of your daily routine. And Dr. Anna is offering my listeners 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off your first per that's 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. It's delicious and nutritious. Yes. Every um, example that you brought up, I, I clients come to mind that I've worked with each of those. Even when it comes to loss, uh, you'd be surprised how many people are devastated by the loss of a loved pet. Yeah. Um, uh, childhood trauma is one of those things that you know we're able to work through and use a lot of the gestalt techniques. So the basic part of uh, accelerated resolution therapy is designed to address that traumatic memory. But when um, 
that memory is activated and we work to a resolution, we use lots of tools that have been around since the, the 50s in, um, in, through Gestalt therapy, which is you know imagining different scenarios and outcomes um, and which creates the opportunity to um, um, finish unfinished business. It becomes really important, especially with grief and loss, because one of the ways to resolve grief is to shift the emphasis from the pain of losing that individual to the meaning of that relationship and bringing that forward so it's uh, more present. We currently, at USF, we currently have a small study um, through the National Institute of Aging um, at hospice for complicated grief, um, and the average number of sessions is four. From our research, the average number uh, to um, for someone to resolve the symptoms of post-traumatic stress to where they no longer meet diagnostic criteria is three to five sessions. That is just mind-blowing. I mean, I've seen it work with my own clients, but to think about how paralyzing something like PTSD can be and how some folks go for years and years not living not even an optimal life, but, you know, barely just surviving because the nightmares and flashbacks and other symptoms are so life-altering that in three to five sessions, they can really, they can really change their life. And I know that you've seen this in a number of different settings because you work with service members and veterans too. So are, are your clients and those you work with on retreat, are they often shocked by the rapid improvement? Oh, absolutely. Um, there is a episode of Nova called Memory Hackers, and it actually talks about some of our, um, our most contemporary understanding of memory. And one segment shows how this researcher is able to, in, in one session, address a simple phobia of a spider. And once, uh, once that uh, fear-based learning and that fear-based memory is broken, um, it's just the link is disrupted. The person is now confronted with their experience of ex exploring contact with a spider, which they knew they used to be terrified of, um, and they sort of have to, you know, go through um, this process to wrap their head around it. It's the same way when someone has lived with a memory or a feeling or a sensation that's haunted them. Like I think of some of my Vietnam veterans I've worked with. You know, there's an adjustment period where it's like the you know the body is not bracing up against that experience and it's no longer using that experience to make sense of current experience so so the individual sort of has to reorient themselves and and for many of those when it's an experience that has had consequences that ends up being another session where we work on the consequences of what has happened in their life since that experience um, um, you know, particularly when you think about you know our Vietnam veterans who uh, you know their post-traumatic stress and those memories um, you know, has influenced their relationships with their family work their children um, you know th there's lots of outcome that's one of the reasons why you know we're really um, excited about the work that we're doing with the military because if, if you can intervene you know when someone comes home and they're in transition you know and help resolve uh, you know that they're time in combat um, and they're able to come home and be more of a, f a fully active participant within their family within their community um, you know that's going to have um, implications generations away I mean many of us still live you know with um, 
those experiences from you know our our fathers and grandfathers in Vietnam, Korea, um, and World War II. Just out of curiosity, and and I'm obviously not trained uh, trained in ART therapy. How many providers do you even know that are that are trained in this specialty um, area? Uh, just because you know, years ago when I trained in in Baltimore. Uh, part of that training was at the VA, and I just think that there's just, in, I, I can't even imagine how many people would benefit from, or patients would benefit from this kind of therapy, especially in light of the fact that there's definitely a drive to uh, use less medication and do more cognitive behavioral uh, work with patients. Well, I have a couple of things to respond on that. Um, first of all, numbers-wise, there is about 2,000 uh, therapists um, in the United States, a couple of them outside of the U.S., um, um, who have been trained in accelerated resolution therapy. And um, when I say outside of the U.S., I'm um, talking about um, in the United Kingdom and Italy. Um, there's a few. Uh, but then there's a large cadre as well in, um, in Canada that's also working with the Canadian Armed Forces and the Mounties as well. Um, so there's there's um, an, an increasing number of folks who are being trained, and there's about 300 folks who have been trained in Army Behavioral Health as well. So um, you know it is is spreading, and one of the things that's spreading is the um, the results that people are getting. That's incredible. That's really wonderful. That it's definitely um, catching on. Yeah, and one of the um, barriers to the the VA is the the criteria in which they have um, four types of research. So we currently have one of the um, only privately funded um, studies for post traumatic stress that compares um, accelerated resolution therapy um, to cognitive processing therapy, and that's taking place in a VA right now um, in Kentucky. Amazing! That's super. <coughs> excuse me. Super exciting. So to help everyone get a better understanding of art, can you kind of just briefly walk us through what happens when someone comes in for an art session? Well, when someone comes in for an art session, um, I, you know, personally send them in my private practice would be, you know, a personal history. Um, and we kind of identify those major life events you know, throughout one's life. Uh, first of all, starting with what brings them in. Uh, there's usually some um, sort of situation, um, and sometimes it could be a life transition. Some older adults who've come in, um, a woman comes to mind who says, you know, I'm, you know, I'm turning 75 years old, and I've lived with this image of this person who assaulted me as a child in my in my head every night. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, heard about this therapy, and I no longer want that image in my head. Um, and we're able to work work through uh, some of those um, events in just a few sessions. Uh, that that kind of uh, commitment and determination, um, you know, is really helpful you know, in the art process. But so we we start with a history, um, and then work with what um, is the most pressing and most accessible. And when you work with that, what differentiates art from other therapies is, you know, in other therapies, you're going to write down a long, you know, long history and continue to revisit a single event over and over again. And with art, we pick a starting point and, and whatever is accessible to the individual, we start there and then we track the individual through the session. We, um, the art therapists actually work as guides. Um, and we're monitoring the individual, we're tracking their response, and then we're guiding them through the memory and the experience until they're able to experience relief and they're able to describe the experience without distress. 
Now, art also works to where you don't even have to discuss the details. Um, it's very different. It bypasses the social monitoring aspects of the therapeutic interaction, and it allows a person to focus on the experience um, in the privacy of their own mind. So I've worked with folks on events that I have no idea what we were working on, but they got comfortable with the structure of ART and how it works, and they're able to work those things to a resolve. So there's a great deal of flexibility in working with somebody who has identified trauma as well as somebody who's just struggling with anxiety at work. Do you find yourself struggling to get a good night's sleep? If so, you may be dealing with a hidden mineral deficiency. It is not at all uncommon in perimenopause and menopause to deal with sleep challenges. And we know that one of many contributory reasons for poor sleep can be a reduction in specific minerals that help regulate sleep quality, including magnesium, which is involved in GABA, which is our body's main calming neurotransmitter. We also know that we need potassium to create melatonin. And this is a hormone that is a master antioxidant, but is also utilized to help induce sleep. We also think about things like zinc, which can balance excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamate. And if it's overactive, meaning if your glutamate levels are too high, it can prevent your brain from becoming more relaxed and inducing sleep. And lastly, selenium increases both our deep sleep and sleep duration. All these minerals matter a lot for sleep and any imbalances or deficits can have a major impact on the quality of sleep you get each night. And that's why I love Beam Minerals. They offer a full spectrum mineral supplement that gives you every essential mineral your body needs in the right doses, all in a highly absorbable liquid form. All you do is take a shot of bean minerals about an hour before bed. Don't worry, it tastes like water. And you'll replenish all of your body's minerals in about 30 seconds and give your brain what it needs for deep restorative sleep. I've been using this product over the last several months. I've really been impressed with the improvement in my sleep metrics, which I like to share on social media with my followers. And if you want a simple way to improve your sleep, head over to www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. That's www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting edge technology and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one interpreting your data and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer-term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 
12 month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I've used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code E. WP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the most shocking and impressive pieces was just what you mentioned that the person doesn't even have to like verbally articulate what was so stressful for them. And I think that that's one of the things that makes it more appealing. Uh, I, I worked with an individual for you know, almost a year for trauma related to a sexual assault that took place probably 10 years ago. And we, she didn't even want to touch it. We didn't want to, she didn't want to talk about it in our session. And once she decided she wanted to try art, she couldn't believe the relief that she got in just one session. And I don't even know what it was. I don't even know the details. So that's really, I think that's one of the most unique and most beautiful pieces about it. Oh, absolutely. And um, sometimes when I've had people who've had years of therapy, um, um, and they're they're able to move to a resolution really quickly. Um, they start to question everything that they've done. But w- what I've found is that you know people have done a lot of work on some of these things, and that that work is actually helpful when you get to an art session. Um, you know because they're they're motivated, they're ready to go, and they're able to put things together really quickly. Um, and and so. It, you know, it can be helpful. One of the papers that we um, published with, um, uh, with um, Colonel Waits and a few staff from Fort Belvoir was um, it, using art in the context of other therapies like EMDR and CPT where they were, were following the protocol and they got to a stuck point and then they did an art session to actually you know, help the person get unstuck to move forward to complete the rest of the protocol. Um, and that was a peer-reviewed publication. Very cool. So, um, I mean, I knew you gave us a range for PTSD for the number of sessions. Um, do you feel like three to five sessions cover pretty much anything someone comes in with? Um, yeah, for the most part. It's like if, you, if you're really going for the root experiences that create the most amount of distress and disturbance. Like for example, on our, um, our, our retreats with our combat veterans, um, people on average get about four sessions, sometimes a little bit more, but that's also in combination with complementary therapies. We use equine assisted um, you know, group activities or what's called equine assisted learning. We use uh, cranial sacral therapy, neurofeedback, um, and the Warrior Mission and Ease group, we also do storytelling. So someone, you know, has the opportunity at the end of a retreat to actually, you know, you know, publicly talk about this, you know, 
their story, either their combat story or another personal story, um, and start to, to speak. Another healing factor of those retreats is the camaraderie, because when you leave the military, you you lose that family, that, that fellowship, or um, as um, Carl Junger says, um, uh, their tribe. Um, and, and that's what, if anyone's interested in working with the military, at least understanding that aspect, um, that I would recommend that book, Tribe, because um, it's that type of connection that really helps make a difference. And when we're on these retreats, um, the, that level of comfort in these um, adjunctive therapies actually kind of helps facilitate the work that we're doing. Um, because you know the person isn't alone they they have a group that they're working on these things through and um, these re retreats are really um, neat experiences um, the veterans alternative is a group in Florida and they have a, use a retreat model but they call it an accelerated wellness program and we just took a group from special operations to Ireland um, and we um, also did some work with the Golf Channel on that because their interest is um, on the therapeutic benefits of golf. And when you have uh -huh. these injured warriors who are, um, you know, facing challenges, um, especially you know, processing information, coordination, you know, and we've had group individuals who've come with us who were still active duty and were amputees and were, were um, you know, returning back to active duty. Um, but the you know, golf as a sport gives you the opportunity to. Um, process you know all of the effort that you're making getting immediate feedback getting coaching from professionals um and it's it's one of those challenges that can be taken into other areas of your life as well when, you, when you're able to overcome some of your internal obstacles and, and adapt to your injury because you know these are high performers who you know have, you know pieces of that high performance have been taken away and they have to go through a process of adaptation um, to you know, learning to uh, compensate for those things that they're not able to do as well um, and maximize their strengths. I would imagine that would be incredibly rewarding work to do to work with the veterans. I know that um, you know living in the Washington D.C. area, we have many active and and you know former duty uh, veterans here, and and it's something that my children have gotten very comfortable approaching um, approaching them and asking them lots of questions. But I I, I just from the perspective of being a a daughter of a um, Navy veteran who has terrible PTSD. Um, I not not having been aware of this therapy before, it's certainly something I'm going to recommend to him to perhaps help him with some healing. Oh, great! And if I can help make you any connections offline, I'd be happy to do that. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, when, oh, I want to go back to one of the things that you mentioned, which is the importance of tribe. Um, and I think that, you know, that probably works on some of these neuronal connections in a similar way to how the rewiring works, um, or it sort of recreates that feeling that they had when they were, when they were safe with their tribe um, before or after the difficult traumatic situations occurred. And research is showing us more and more now that the power of social connection can outweigh you know, nutrition and exercise as an important factor in longevity. So the fact that these retreats really meld together so many different things would, would definitely make them powerful for the participants and I'm sure rewarding for you to actually see change happen so quickly. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and that, that 
tribe or that fellowship that's a, just a, such an important aspect of it. Um, I, I mentioned the book Tribe um, before. I said um, Carl Younger, it's Sebastian Younger. Um, <laughs> a little mistake there, but it's a, it's you know the book is pretty easy to find, and it really talks about you know um, you know more of that the experience, not necessarily from the the research end of it, but you even look at certain groups that that have social support. Um, and you see it, it's a very protective factor. I mean, we can go all the way back to research from the, the you know, 60s and 70s on serious mental illness and, um, you know, part of the whole deinstitutionalization, um, uh, you know, of, you know, of America was the creating of community mental health centers and, you know, showing that with these programs and supports that people wouldn't have to live in the hospital, you know, for the rest of their life or be institutionalized and some other countries um, have continued along those lines with that with that strong community support like um, like Israel has uh, veterans villages that folks over here are trying to um, create a model you know, you know where people have that sense of community um, in the Scandinavian countries you know they have some um, you know pretty interesting uh, programs uh, for uh, folks with psychosis um, to actually prevent it from getting worse and actually, you know, helping individuals through that sense of uh, community support and belonging. Um, we're social creatures by nature. We're, we're wired for that interaction, that feedback. We all get weird if we spend too much time alone. <laughs> and um, <laughs> True, true. And, and even animals in captivity get really weird when they're by themselves. Um, yeah. you, know, you know, we need that feedback. You know, in working with individuals who've had difficult childhoods, um, one of the things is that we're, in order to internalize certain certain aspects of the efforts we make in the world to incorporate it into our sense of self, um, that that feedback that's lacking sometimes, you know, is, is one of the most difficult aspects that contributes to anxiety and depression. Um, and so working with folks, you know, we kind of go over those experiences and that neglect um, and then help, you know, incorporate through the Gestalt techniques um, other ways in which to um, provide that feedback. So real quick, if I have a parent who says, I make sure that, you know, you know, I give my kid, you know, accurate, honest feedback and, you know, when they're upset and, you know, validate their feelings and you let them know, you know, give them some direction what to do with it um, that's in part developed because they didn't get it themselves but because they know how to do that we're actually able to visualize using the gestalt techniques you know some important adult or even themselves going back to themselves as a child to sort of reset that template because they know how to do it and when there's that experiential emotional connection um, you know it sorts it, it becomes the new filter in which they're able to use and that's part of the resolution that's so cool and i think you also speak to the fact that there's really never an age that's too old or um, a trauma that's too far in the past in order for the person to be helped by this would you agree with that oh absolutely in the work that we're doing with with at hospice it's um i mean it's just it's it's pretty amazing you know when when someone has gone from you know has had a marriage of 50 years um, you know, they spent their entire life since from high school all the way to adulthood and, and they were, you know, living in their retirement and then all of a sudden the relationship shifts from being a, a spouse and partner to being a caregiver. Um, and it's, and that ends up provoking other things from, you know, their views of the future, but also their own past. 
um, and this creates the opportunity to, um, to, to work on all of those, not only the, the loss and the change of life, but also some other issues from the past that have contributed to it. Um, that's part of the reason we call it complicated grief, you know, when people have had multiple losses. It's all connected. It's all connected. Yeah. Um, well, Dr. Diego, I know that you are a man who definitely walks your talk. You're interested in your own um, personal health journey, both with art and with nutrition and exercise and things and, you know, finding hobbies that you enjoy and things like that. So what we'd like you to do is to tell our listeners two things that they could do to improve their wellness every day. Um, I would find a yoga studio <laughs> and develop a yoga meditation practice because, um, you know, our comfort is one of the things that this society tends to run towards. And we, as a result, you know, we're not well equipped to deal with difficult or uncomfortable emotions, but they're so important. They're so important to our well-being and they, they provide direction. Like for example, guilt is an important emotion. Um, uh, you know, sometimes it could be overwhelming and, and consuming when we struggle with it rather than learning from it or listening to it because it draws our attention to our behavior and our values. And then it creates this urge or this push to try to resolve and bring them in, into reconciliation. And that's an important part of our, our spiritual and our moral growth and development is taking that feedback um, and, our, and, and um, helping to grow. Um, in that sense. And so those difficult emotions that you know, we're faced with every day, it's part of our range of emotions. If we only feel you know, good and happy and content all the time, what that's going to do is it's going to build up fear that we're going to lose it because we're not equipped to deal with the times when we don't feel that way. Such good recommendations, yes. Um, can you tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and what you do and how they could work with you? Um, you could go to my website, which is um, balancedlivingpsychology.com. Uh, and if you want to learn more about the accelerated resolution therapy, um, uh, you know, there are a number of articles that have come out. Um, one recently in um, Psychology Today Online. So if you research um, uh, Judith Fine and uh, PTSD, you'll see a joint article where um, I worked with Judith and she reports her experience with ART and then I wrote a, a piece about my experience as a therapist. So I think it gives a, a good amount of insight into kind of how it works. Um, and you can find uh, more information including some of our research through um, Art International uh, Research and Training. So if you Google Art International Research and Training, um, you should be able to come across the website and that would provide more information about where to find an art therapist, where to find an art training, um, and, and as well as our research and other happenings. Awesome. Thank you. And we'll link up to all of that in the show notes. No, it's been a pleasure to have you on, Diego. I certainly have learned quite a bit and I know our listeners will as well. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here and to, to share this with everyone. And I hope um, it, it just reaches individuals and helps folks to see um, that we, we don't have to live and to struggle the way in which we have and that there is hope. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. 
And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFOS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.